Hey everyone, Brian from All Day Rock Off here, and today's podcast episode is with Amy Peterson, where we're going to be talking about Pathfinder Ruck training, specifically their Horizon program. Before we get into the program, we talk about how Amy got involved in rucking, her first event, and then we get into everything that the Pathfinder Horizon program has to offer. Goruk has a lot of Star Course events on the calendar this year. And in addition to that, there are some longer non-Goruk Ruck events out there that you can register for. So I thought it'd be cool to get someone on to talk about the Horizon program because that program specifically talks about Star Course training, which is that long distance rucking without any PT thrown in, like at a traditional light, tough, or heavy. Towards the end of the episode, Amy gives out a discount code for the Horizon training. So stick around, listen for that, and I just hope you enjoy this interview. You are listening to the All Day Ruck Off podcast, episode number 142. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for downloading this episode. Really, really hope you enjoy it. Here it is, the interview with Amy. Today, I'm talking with Amy Peterson. I'm really, really excited to have her on the call. We're going to be talking about Pathfinder Ruck training, which is coincidentally what we talked about on the second episode of the All Day Ruck Off podcast. Specifically, this time we'll be talking about Horizon. Amy, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much for the invitation. We're really excited to be here and talk about Pathfinder and Horizon. Thank you for being on. I'm really excited to have you back. Lyle gave me a chance back when the All Day Rock Off podcast didn't really exist, and that was really awesome of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a great experience for him, too. Good. Yeah, I've come a long way since episode number two. So... Before we get into Pathfinder Horizon, this is the first time you've been on the podcast. So I'm very yeah. curious how you got involved with rocking and kind of your story there. How I got involved with rocking. So I guess it kind of starts a little bit earlier than rocking. Um, I had been like an active kid and then wasn't really an active teenager or adult. And um, Lyle and I grew up, well, you know, grew up, raised, our, started our family in New Orleans, which was not a particularly like, active town at the time so we didn't really get an opportunity to really dig into exercise you know more than just like you know basic walking aerobics classes swimming like that kind of thing so um we moved to charlotte about 13 years ago and the weather was really fantastic and so i started hiking and i fell in love with it and then um i had a neighbor friend of mine who was like hey can you join this boot camp for me because I really want to win a $20 Target gift card. And I was like, sure. I think my our youngest was six months old at the time. So that's, you know, three kids in. And so I was like, sure, I'll help you win 20 bucks at Target. Who knows what will happen? And so she got the 20 bucks from Target. And I wound up getting an identity or a new identity. Um, so from that boot camp, I started doing um, OCR, Spartans, um, the ones where you get, you know, the giant turkey leg at the end and the crazy hat. So I did those for a while. And then Lyle started getting really interested and involved and he found Go Rock. And so he was excited. It was a great way for him to 
do things he'd really kind of always wanted to do. And so he tried to interest me in it. And I was like, dude, I just had a baby. I just got like sleep back. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to stay up all night doing exercise. Right. So he was like, Hey, guess what? This may have been like three months later. It's like, Hey, guess what? They do them during the day now. <laughs> it was like, crap. I'm out of excuses. So, um, my first light was class 42, Cadre Rich. I don't really remember a whole lot about it because it was a while ago now. Um, it was just the hottest, weirdest city tour I had ever been a part of. And that was it. Got bit. That's quite the story. And that's you know <laughs> so funny how you got into this with that $20 Target gift card whole boot camp thing. Yep. It's interesting to think where you'd be at if you hadn't agreed to do that. I, I you know I think about that often. Um, I am I, I guess my personality is kind of competitive, kind of hard charging. Um, so I probably would have found something, but it really just checked all the boxes for me. You know, I was doing something active. I was feeling stronger. I was feeling um, it was a great outlet for. Um, stress and life and, you know, meeting new people. And again, you know, I had a baby. I wasn't really like, I was hanging out with moms, doing mom stuff. So I have to ask about that $20 gift card. So, was, yeah. <laughs> so, how, so how did that play out? Was that like a competition? Yeah, I think it was just, hey, invite somebody and however many people you, you know, however many people bring in people if you bring in the most people then you get the card and so she brought in the most people which i think was me <laughs> <laughs> so i think she got the card just you know by the the sheer fact that she brought in a person i don't know the trainer of our uh, the trainer turned into a fantastic friend of ours i was with that boot camp for years and years and years i love how that works out it is so funny just like the the littlest things, you know, just showing up to help a friend out for, you know, one day because that's all it's going to be. And it turns into this long, awesome relationship. It was a spark that lit a fire, you know? I mean, we all need a little bitty spark. And you never know. Sometimes the sparks die out and sometimes they turn into raging fires that just really consume everything and change it into something else. Um, and that was the case with this, you know, it, it gave me an outlet. It, I used my creativity in a different way. Um, I found something that I had always really liked, but never really loved in the way that I fell in love with then. And it's so funny how, you know, who knows what's going to spark because I'm sure when you showed up, you didn't think it would turn into that. And then it just turned into this, you know, incredible lifelong journey for you exactly um i mean i i'm the kind of person who dives in with both feet who really like if i fall in love with something i want to know everything there is to know about it i want to explore all the avenues i want to I, I i see where all the branches of that tree can go right so from boot camp i did crossfit from crossfit i did master swimming from master swimming i did spin from spin i did pilates and yoga and like it all fed 
into itself. And rucking was kind of, you know, that, that was, that was always the undercurrent and that was the foundational layer. Um, and it, it really just, it turned into something that totally changed my life. It's really cool. That is so cool. Yeah. I feel like I could talk for, for forever on this because I just, I love how, you know, rucking was just the undercurrent for everything. And you, you tried and moved through all these other activities because I mean, I've done something similar. I've done math, you know, master swimming and I never realized mm-hmm. how good of a workout that would be and how it would weirdly translate over to go rock events. It's just, it's, <laughs> it, it actually, it perfectly translated over. So my first challenge was in 2014. So I had, it was, um, it was Kadre, Doug, Keysweater, and Kadre, Jason, I think he's Jason J. He changed his name like 14 times. I don't even know where he is now. So um, the event started, I think there were like three women in the group. There were a bunch of guys from F3. So I knew them through Lyle and then, you know, a bunch of other people I didn't know. Um, so Doug asked everyone, you know, like who's, who's comfortable in the water. And I think like two of us raised our hands. I was like me, cause I, you know, I was swimming like three days a week at that point. I was involved in masters. It was, you know, it was a thing. So I was like, yeah, I, I am. And one other person, he's like, great. So he ties us together with a rope. And, um, in Charlotte, there is a really big pond at Freedom Park and it goes pretty deep and we're all tied together on this length of rope and he's like i hope everybody waterproofs their rocks and we were like what what how do you even do that like i <laughs> i think two people had waterproofed their rocks at that point like nobody really even knew what was going on so he's like all right jump in so and of course it's more of a, it's it's a whole lot less casual than i'm making it sound right now because i was terrified we were all terrified um the guy behind me who's turned into a really great friend um, he's like, I don't know how to swim. I was like, shit. Okay. <laughs> so we start and it seems okay. And, you know, I mean, there's probably like two feet of like duck poop at the bottom of this pond. It's just like, you can feel every like tentative step you take further into the pond, your feet just sink further and further in. It smells bad. It's 11 o'clock at night. I would really rather be in my bed at that point. And instead, I'm up to my neck in water in the Freedom Park pond. And so we start to swim across this pond. And because it's dark, I couldn't really, like, gauge the distance. But I'm the first one in line. Like, I'm leading the charge here. And, you know, I'm, I'm a suburban mom who, like, swims a couple days a week. But, you know, I don't know what this is. And he's screaming, he's screaming stress inoculation. And I didn't know what that was either. But so we start to swim and we're carrying everybody. We're swimming across and oh my God, it felt like it was three miles. It wasn't, it was probably, I don't even know how it was nowhere near like even a quarter mile across the pond. Um, but it felt like forever and we get across the pond and I swear I turned into a different person by the time I got to the water's edge on the other side, I went from being, okay, I can do hard things to, I can do really hard things. I can do things that, challenge me in a way that I didn't know I could do before. And I've since then like looked into what stress inoculation was because I thought it was just like a phrase. Like I didn't realize there was a legitimate course of study in psychiatry and people who are like, um, 
ER doctors and people who work in, you know, uh, critical care and things like that, that's part of their training is stress inoculation, where you learn how to think through a terrifying situation and you learn how you really can calm yourself and think through the terrifying thing that's happening. So from there, I mean, that really, that was kind of like a defining moment. It was really pretty cool. So it was helpful to be a master swimmer in that situation just to bring it all back around. <laughs> that is phenomenal. And I, <laughs> I'm sure when he said, you know, who here is comfortable in the water, this was not what you were expecting when you raised your hand. I mean, I had I had done enough events by that point. Like I had done enough lights by that point. I had shadowed enough events that I knew what was coming. I mean, we were standing right there, but I didn't know that being tied to a rope and one another was an actual part of that. Right. Um, I just thought, oh, we'll swim. And then, I don't know, we'll have a race. <laughs> I, I, I figured that you would be the one leading the water PT because you're the most comfortable right. in the water. That's, that's where my head would have gone first. Right, right. Like, oh, well, we'll just be like knee deep. And like, I don't have any trouble with like water burpees. So you know, I'll do that, whatever. But no, we, we, we swam across tied to one another, people sinking and gasping. And <laughs> it was, it really, it's like, it's turned into a cartoon in my mind because it was, how did we even do that? You know, one of the other girls was a close friend of mine. The other girl I had never met before ever. Like I said, I'm comfortable with a few of the guys because I knew them, but it's a bunch of strangers essentially, you know, and you know, Never know how people are going to respond in the water like that when they don't know anyone else and they're already uncomfortable and out of their element, you know? And that's one of my favorite things about these kind of events is that you don't know what you're going to be getting yourself into and you're presented with these situations and, you know, just because of the nature of where you are and what's going on, you do it and you finish it and you can't, you know, when you're looking back, you're like, I can't believe that that actually happened and I can do so much yeah. more than I ever thought I could. I'm sure if someone laid out a GoRec event step by step, you know, programmed it out like a workout and gave it to me, I'd look at it and go, no, that's, that's not <laughs> possible. But that was actually what we used to do. That was like, that was how Team Spear had started. That was what, how, and, and I guess, well, I guess how Pathfinder started too. That was what we used to do. Like, all right, so if this is this and that is that, then if we put this together, then we've got that. You know, and that's how you prepare yourself best for a workout. I remember Lyle used to date like in the very beginning, beginning with like a free workouts and, and spearhead and stuff. He was like, all right, I'm going to act like a cadre. Lyle is, we've been married 20 years, right? We've been together for 25 years. He's not like a yeller kind of person. He's not a scary kind of person. And he was like, all right, I'm going to be scary. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to act like a cadre. He really did. And he was spooky. Um, but that was, I mean, that was how all of that definitely started was, you know, let's pretend like we're at a go rock and train like we're doing that. And that will make us better and more effective during events. Yeah. I remember doing those kind of workouts back in, back in the day, you know, back in a long time ago. Where yeah, we, yeah. For Fergus would do that, act as the cadre, and that's you know that's how we trained because yeah. we wanted to prepare yourself for those events. And so I'm curious. I want to take just a a quick step back. So yeah, 
you know, while it sounds like doing events and he's telling you about events and, you know, you've, you've just had a kid and you've just gotten your sleep back and being a parent as well. I know how critical and amazing that feeling is to get your sleep back. It's like, it's unreal. Yes, it really is. (laughs) It's like, you can finally breathe again. And it's like, don't take my air. Please don't take my air. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, they came out with the lights, which are during the day. And so, you know, it doesn't interrupt your sleep. Were you excited about that when they came out with the lights that you could finally do this with Lyle? Or was it like an... Completely. No, I've always been like, give me the heaviest thing. Give me, you know, I want to, I want to carry the heaviest guy. Give me the the ammo can with the sharpest corners. Like, give me that stuff. I want to carry that stuff. I want to be that person. I want to be at the front. I want to be at the back. I want to be in the middle. I want to, you know, um, so I was, I loved that part of it. And I loved that it was a team effort that you were no faster than your slowest person, because it gave everyone an opportunity to really exercise empathy as well. I mean, yeah, you always had like, you know, cranky people who were like, oh my God, just get it together. Um, to the people who were slower. And I was always kind of like in the middle, in the front, but I liked the community aspect of it. I liked that you could help other people be better than they thought they could be, you know? So I, I really dug that about lights in particular, you know? Tests are great too, but it's a different flavor, you know? Absolutely. Because the way that they were selling the lights was if you can do a 5K, you can do this. So you, exactly. you got people showing up to it who might not have been in, you know, go rock tough shape for a tough event overnight, 12 hours. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think that those events were so, you know, as, as tough it was to be at events where you'd have people who would get snarky and hurry up and we got to, you know, move faster and they'd start getting frustrated. I feel like those events were, are really beneficial for people who have that kind of a mindset because you learn pretty quick that yelling at people and being, you know, rude and abrasive doesn't actually get anyone to move any faster and doesn't help. No, no, no. You learn aggression is really just a stress reaction and it's not, it's not actually useful to behave that way. Yeah. 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 And, and I think for some people, it's a, there's a light bulb moment there. Wait, you mean I can actually, I, that the adage, you know, what is it? You can catch more flies with honey. Um, to use a Southern phrase, you know, it, it really is true. You know, you can be a decent person and yet still encourage your team along. <laughs> you have to use scare tactics alone. It's so true. So you've done, it sounds like a number of lights and then you did your tough event and had a great time at all of them, you know, learned a a lot. So I'm curious from there, you know, how you got involved with the Pathfinder side of things. Was it at the beginning kind of when, when Lyle was working it or did you start moving in and assisting there later? Well, I guess it kind of depends. So obviously I was there from the beginning Um, and (laughs) um so you know i i kind of go through a workout uh if it was like for an f3 kind of thing and lyle was leading it um we did a lot of rocking together you know with our family just we you know we or we'd go hiking but i was a part of pathfinder for i mean from the beginning so for a long time i dealt with more of the operation side of things and i was kind of like the little birdie on his shoulder like 
hey, what if you did this? What if you did that? What if, you know, we, there was, you know, there were, there were people who helped, who were experienced, who helped other people along the course, you know, many hands make light work. You know, if you've got lots of hands helping lift up other people, it makes the job easier and it creates a community. And so, you know, a little like birdie in the ear over all of that, birdie in the shoulder. And um, so I became a personal trainer in the meantime because it was something and I had wanted to do for a long time. And I also I was also a preschool teacher for a long time. So, you know, I kind of had like my own job and my own life. And then it, Pathfinder grew to the point where it was like, holy cow, <laughs> it's like all hands on deck all the time. So we started from, uh, you know, kind of the operations perspective, so, you know, patches and mailing and answering emails and all of that kind of thing. And then it turned into more of the programming side of things as well um, with Horizon. Yeah, it's crazy how those things can really spin up and take a life of their own. And I'm guessing that- it's fantastic. It is fantastic. And I'm guessing that, you know, all the experience you have, you know, leading children probably translates pretty well into leading us. <laughs> I don't, don't want to say yes, but yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, gr- terrified grownups and kindergartners are not as far apart as they may seem. <laughs> it's it is so true. And my kids will do things and I'll think, you know, I think I've seen this at a Gork event before. I think I've seen yeah. someone act this way. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Gork is actually really beneficial and, and, and Pathfinder programming was really beneficial in the classroom as well, you know, doing things and especially exercises for our little friends who had a difficult time focusing, who had a difficult time staying on task, who needed physical movement before they could sit down. There was an awful lot of things that we could do that I was like, this looks awfully familiar. This is definitely something, you know, crab walks translate really, really well to kids who need heavy heavy work, um, as well as adults who need heavy heavy work, you know, for, for preparing for an event. So there were a lot of similarities there. I can see that. Yeah. And so when I interviewed Lyle back in episode two, there was just Pathfinder Forward, Endure, and Advanced. And so since yeah. then, Horizon has come into the mix. And so I'm, I'm curious how that happened. So while I had started to notice the hold the event had on rosters in the community, and we had a, we had a bunch, I think, of rosters who had completed a star utilizing one of our training programs, and they were really, really excited about it. So we started, Lyle and I had started putting together a program, but we never got very far with it because owning a business, both of us working full-time, having three kids, it was just doing regular events was a challenge enough. And so we had, we had a a roster and an amazing CA who came to us kind of around the same time that we started putting together a loose framework. So uh, Shannon Bash, she came to us with some ideas and she asked if she could put something together for us. And um, I mean, she's been with us since class six, former yoga instructor, just a super solid athlete. So she came back to us with a rough framework, and it was really strikingly similar to our kind of rough sketch. She had more stuff filled in, of course. So we launched with that, 
and we've since continued to, you know, refine and perfect the program. I think we're on class eight right now. We, we start classes every month now, as opposed to every three months with the rest of our, our Pathfinder programming. That's really cool. So if there's someone who, you know, just kind of finds out about the Star Course events, because there's so many of them being run this year in yes. 2020, yeah. they don't have to wait possibly two and a half months to get involved in the Horizon program since there's one starting every month. Exactly. So um, as we've worked with the program, as we started kind of like more the class two, we put together an advisory committee with um, some of our Pathfinder CAs who were also experienced Star Course participants. So it's all women, which I personally love. So it's Shannon and Emily Baggett, who I think you've interviewed before. She had a great fun interview with you and Jennifer Lee. So, uh, and she's a rock star in her own right. So we put them all together. They've all, they all had to do at least one star. I think they've all done multiples by this point. And I kind of attacked it from an exercise science point of view. Um, because, you know, being a personal trainer, I really live and breathe exercise science and how it relates to rucking in particular. So as we were putting it together, we kind of put some, some, we knew it needed specific components. We knew it needed to be different from our other Pathfinder programming. Um, so we created some pillars for the Horizon program, and those are mobility, specific and unique workouts to challenge the roster. So it's different than the workouts that are in our other Pathfinder programs. It's specific to Horizon. Um, they needed super strong core, so we've got lots of really great, solid, strong core workouts, periodized mileage, and special content and blog posts that we don't use elsewhere in Pathfinder. So there's there's all of this extra information. Oh, and we have city guides. Emily Baggett did an incredible job and does. I think she's in an election right now. Uh, she's running for judge in Alabama. So she's kind of on pause button for that right now. But she did and does an incredible job of kind of sniffing out the possible waypoints and predictions for different um, towns for their star courses. So she kind of puts those together as well. And it's just, it's turned into a really, really incredible program. That's really cool. So there's a lot of content kind of in addition to everything you get with the training. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot of our, a lot of our content, we talk about like what to do when things go wrong. Um, (laughs) When you decide you hate your teammate. Like not hate, hate's kind of a strong word, but you're pretty sure you deeply dislike them at like mile 30, um, how to kick yourself out. Do you need a support team? Why would you want a support team? What your support team can offer you, you know, how to, how to communicate with friends and family, because you will, you know, you may feel like you need help along the way with food and supplies and new shoes and socks and things like that along the way, how to be a good teammate. Um, so much of this training is independent, right? And so we really felt like there needed to be a focus on how to be a good teammate and how to delineate responsibilities the best way um, so your team could be effective and efficient from the start. Um, and then, you know, basic things like how to have the right posture and, you know, uh, great form, stuff like that as well. Those are some really good topics to talk about because especially the longer star course events i mean you don't really want to carry 50 miles 20 hours worth of stuff if you don't have to if you can have a exactly. refuel somewhere why not exactly 
exactly. We definitely talk about those strategies. You know, we've got a couple secret things in there. I mean, I give away, but it, it, it really is to give our rosters um, a killer advantage when they're doing star course. You know, it's, this is from, for people who have set their goal and they intend on reaching it and they intend on doing it the smartest way they can find. So I'm curious which lengths of the star course that this program really excels at because Gorex, you know, added some new lengths this year, the, the shorter 5K, 10K, 15, and the, in addition to their already, you know, their 12, 26.2 and their 50. Right. So the, the shorter distance courses, you'd be fine doing um, forward or endure just the Pathfinder general programming. This really is for people, Horizon is really meant for people who want to successfully complete the, the 50 miler. Um, or honestly, any other long haul, ultra distance rock. Um, this is for people who want to finish solidly, you know, not drag an ass and <laughs> second wind coming in under, just under, under the time hack. You know, they want to finish strong and frankly, even have a great shot at placing. Um, this particular horizon particular is for smart competitors who understand the value of consistent and periodized training and they're willing to be open-minded about what moving a body and weight for 50 miles really entails and doing it without hurting themselves you know it's it's for people who choose the harder thing you know we say that often in pathfinder but star force and horizon is genuinely for people who choose the harder thing, they take on the challenge because it's the hardest thing they can find. Just to be frank about it, Gorek and Starcore and Pathfinder at this level aren't for the timid. Um, we ask a lot, you know, time, discipline, energy. It's still an approachable program for anyone who wants to do it, you know, um, but you do need to be in, a, in what you feel like is a good physical condition um, in order to begin the process because it is hard charging. You know, I mean, you did this. Was your star course easy? No. <laughs> no. It was not. It's hard. No one ever yeah, no one says it's easy. No one says it's easy. So this is this is for people who've really made up their mind that they're going to do something really, really hard and do it the right way. And it's really tough to even emphasize how important it is to do the proper training up for a 50 mile rec event you know this yeah. isn't something that your body's used to even if you're someone who crushes lights can show up finish a, yep. a tough no problem it's way different on your body going those those 50 plus miles over that time and yeah. I, you know i've talked to a lot of really experienced ruckers who didn't train up, you know, too much for the star course. They might have done one 15 mile ruck, maybe a 20 mile ruck, and then like, yep, I'll be good for this. And they were, you know, not seriously injured, but there have been injuries and, you know, people laid up afterwards because of yeah. how rough that event can be if your body's not prepared for it. Yeah. And that's why we feel so strongly about the periodized model that we follow um, in Horizon. You know, there's, it's a lot less choose your own adventure than our other Pathfinder programming is. Um, Cause we want the roster to get as much out of their training as we possibly can. Cause you know, I mean, you can carry a, a bunch of heavy stuff like a really long way. And I mean, I guess that'd be okay. 
because you're still, you know, training. But I mean, would that be the best you could do? I don't, I think for me as a competitive person, no, you know, I, I don't think I would accept that. So, um, but injury, we really, we want, we want, we build injury prevention into the programming because if you keep grounding, grinding yourself into the ground, you're going to get into potentially really bad habits and suffer. You know, we like healthy knees. We like healthy hips. We like healthy backs. So we want our wrestlers to constantly use in good habits, good form, varying their training stress. That's super important. That's a super important point is varying training stress. Um, and, and focusing on like just solid basics that are easy to start to ignore, like healthy sleep habits, proper recovery and nutrition. You know, we really, we try and hit all of those buttons so that there's, there's something for everyone where there still is a good level of self-care and frankly, self-preservation that goes into the training. You know, um, so while I was putting together the workout side of things, I did a lot of research and studies and because I ultra distances are unique in how a body responds you know I mean you can do a certain mileage and then your body starts to and it really is about 12 miles and then your body starts to kind of wind down a little bit and there's there's certain tricks you can do to kind of bring your body back up to um, a happy functioning level right but so we also wanted to develop ankle health and mobility, for instance, you know, the necessity of lateral programming and how to develop the long term, how to develop that over the long term that really inform a lot of the programming. You know, yeah, the terrain's different while you hike because the a lot of the studies that I found weren't rate related to rucking. They were all based on hiking, you know. So of course the terrain's different when you're hiking and stuff, your ankle moves in a different way than when you're moving walking on a course. But those muscles need to be there as your body begins to wear down, you know, when you naturally begin to rely on different patterns of movement as the time wears away. So we do a lot of focusing on those muscles that you may not necessarily think to exercise regularly. You know, we do that with a little bit more frequency. It really is different for your body once you get into those longer distances. When I was training up for my 50 miler, I was looking at, um, you know, 50 mile trail run and a hundred mile trail run training plans mm -hmm. and just combing forums and blogs and Reddit and everywhere trying to figure out the problems that those kind of people experienced, you know, 70, 80 miles into their hundred mile run. The things that you experience on that end of the spectrum are way, way different than what you experience, you know, during the, a 12 mile ruck. Right. Right. If you think, you know, 12 mile, you feel good. You, it, it's hard to imagine what your body would feel like at 30 miles and at 40 and at 50. So, you know, we really try and, but there is also a limit to how much you should train um, and how much to trust your body as well within our programming. Absolutely. Um, because it, it, you really are asking so much of your body. And we want to make sure that if you're going to ask this much of your body, that you've also done the work so that you can frankly walk the next day and the next week. And you're not, you know, you didn't, you didn't strap yourself with injuries in an effort to reach a goal. You know, it's, that's really important. We wanted to, we think about, you know, like where we want to create fatigue so that it's best mimics 
how your legs are going to feel without actually requiring you to do that level of movement in a workout, you know, and utilizing mobility is a, is a really big part of that too, you know, so you learn to create less muscular stickiness, I guess, as, um, as those miles wear on too. So it's a lot more thoughtful than our current Pathfinder programming, but that's about to change too. We really approach this in a much more, much more exercise science, um, way than in our other Pathfinder programming. That's not to say that our other Pathfinder programming is in any way less, because it's definitely not. It's, it's not easy. Um, it's just, you look at it a little differently, you know? Right. And I'm wondering if we just take a step back for one second, um, because we've mentioned periodized training a number of times. If there's somebody who's listening and doesn't know what periodized training is, can you give a little info there? Yeah. So periodized training is where you, well, there's several models of periodized training. Our model is more, I guess, if you look at it like hills and valleys. And if you can imagine hills and valleys in your training levels, we want you to bring yourself up to your hardest level, furthest rock, most strenuous exercise, and then kind of roll back down the hill. You give your body some time to rest and recover. When you're resting and recovering, you're building more strength. You're building a stronger foundation. You're refilling those, um, you know, if you're like in a regular nutritional habit, right? You're refilling your carbohydrate stores. Um, and then we bring you back up the hill a little bit further the next time so that you are increasing your pace, you're increasing your distance, you're increasing again that endurance um, and strength before you rest and you taper off again. It's not like a true taper the way you would, um, and we do have a tapering week, two weeks, a week and a half in there, but it really is kind of the, the hills and valleys of a training program and how to successfully get your body ready for a 50 mile 50 mile event. Does that answer your question or do you want a little more? No, that's, that's perfect because I mean, I, I've done, I've done periodized training. It's, it's really interesting once you get into it, uh, from, you know, I guess regular in quotes training, I don't know, uh, taking those, those Valley weeks always felt like I was doing nothing. I was like, what am I doing yeah. with my life? Why am I not out there working out? But then I would find, you know, when you climb that hill again, you get higher up than you did before. And it's like, whoa, you know, maybe yeah. this actually does work. But then every time I, get, <laughs> I hit that valley, I go back into that mental zone. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, because you think, you think, because you're used to being a hard charging person, right? You're used to like working hard every single day. And like, you know, you finish your workout and you're like, oh, I'm going to die. And that is, not when you're training for a specific event, that is not an ideal situation. Um, like if you're, if you're trying to build your base fitness, then yeah, you should work, you know, up to 60 minutes as hard as you'd like to a couple of times a week, you know, for, for a specific event of this magnitude, it really is important to give your body time to adjust to the changes that you're making and to really see improvement over the long term, you really do have to learn how to back off. And it's hard for type A's, which, you know, 
probably safe to say the majority of people who do this event are, are kind of type A people, you know. And so it's hard to back off and think that that's okay. I remember the first time I did my first taper, like this is the worst idea I've ever heard of. I don't care if there's science backing this. This is stupid. This isn't fun. Right? And then, yeah. And then I was like, oh, this isn't stupid when I did a great job, you know, on the event itself. But it, it takes a while. You know, it takes a while to trust the nutrition that you're supposed to really engage in when you're, especially in that taper week, um, much more so than kind of in that, in the, in the slow down valley, I guess, area of uh, periodized training. But yeah, yeah, you feel like a slob for a little while. <laughs> and I'm glad that you touched on nutrition because nutri- nutrition at these length of events is key in making sure your body gets you know, not just stuff, but the right stuff because of the load it's under, yeah. because of the stores that are being depleted, because of all of that. So I'm I'm very happy to hear that that's covered in the Horizon program because I think that's it. Very critical. much is. I mean, we're fans of beer and pizza, like everybody else says, but not um, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to the level that seems to be a popular notion. Um, about this, you know, I mean, sure, when you finish your event, hell yeah, you know, eat your pizza, but um, take some time to really fill up on protein for recovery. Um, yeah, you need your carbs, you know, to, to feel like a person again after all of that, you know, um, maintaining proper hydration levels is super important during that, um, you know, and, and that you're drinking the right thing. You're not just drinking solely water during your event, that you're doing none or tailwind. We're big fans of tailwind. Um, oh, yeah. To, I rocked tailwind my entire yeah. 50. There's definitely a point where your body starts to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it, it's stereotypically around actually 12 to 14 miles. And um, then again, right around that 24, 26 mile point. And if you can properly fill your body with nutrition at those waypoints, even if you don't think you need it, even if you're like, nah, I'll be fine. I can do this, you know, another two or three miles before I have to sit down. It makes so much more sense to follow a strategy that's been predetermined and take the five minutes to stop and eat something than it is to keep charging and keep going and keep depleting um, and, and wind up at a deficit that you are going to have a hard time coming back from. Because the truth of the matter is, I mean, a lot of us people who rock people who you know are these types of athletes, we're used to the shorter distances and the less time right. and not the 50 mile. I mean, that's just, it's a different beast, even though it's the exact same thing, essentially the way it impacts your bodies, it's a different beast. And if you, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. If you don't go yeah. into there with that knowledge, then, you know, you can end up having a bad time. Yeah. Well, you bonk. Because really the, the best advice is based on the American Council of Exercise for water usage. And it's less about, um, it's less about mileage and it's more about time. So, like the, their standards are 70 to 20 ounces, two to three hours prior, eight ounces every 20 minutes, and then seven to 10 ounces, which to me is a Holy so much water. Holy cow. Seven to 10, 
it's seven to 10 ounces every 10 to 20 minutes between exercise and then eight ounces after like it, that's more water than I ever consumed during a workout personally. Like I know that I know those um, guidelines and the only time I've ever come close to any of that is like when it's 98 degrees outside and I really shouldn't be exercising outside to begin with. Yeah. I think I'd be peeing the entire time. Like there would just be a line of <laughs> water be behind me. Yeah. It would right? just be. You, yeah. 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 That is so much water. It's so much water. Hydration is crazy, crazy important mm-hmm. during that. And it really is so much more about it. it's this distance. It's about what's in the water along with your water. Yeah. Because water by itself can lead to some significant health issues um, at those distances, especially if it's super hot, if there's mitigating circumstances. Well, your clothes are wrong, you wore too many layers, you know, that you sweat a lot. Um, you're on a lot of asphalt and concrete, especially in hot conditions, because that creates, uh, it's called an urban heat island, right? So you have these, especially in urban areas, you have these areas in between buildings that build up so much heat that the pavement temperatures can be 50 to 90 degrees hotter than the surrounding ambient air, which is crazy. So having carbohydrates in your water, having electrolytes in your water um, are super key to being able to still be comfortable, cognizant, (laughs) aware of your surroundings when you're rucking for long distances and hot temperatures. I mean, we don't have to worry about hot right now, but we will soon enough, you know. And I think that the amount of water with tailwind that I consumed during my 50 miler was, you know, it's exponentially more than I consumed during my normal rucks. Yeah. The first time I, I saw the package, it was like 50 grams of carbs and I know better. And I'm still like, <gasps> that's terrifying. And then I took it and I was like, oh, I can skip the whole thing. Like <laughs> not skip the tailwind, like actually like, like skipping like a small child. <laughs> if I felt like a normal human being, which is not something you necessarily expect once you pass like the 20 mile mark, right? For right. Anybody. Right. I mean, I felt, you know, even getting to the end, I felt like a normal person. I didn't. Yeah. I felt yeah. beat down in a different way than a typical Gorak event, but I really yeah. felt like I had, you know, clarity in my thoughts and I was feeling good you were hydrated and your brain wasn't crying for carbohydrates yes (laughs) it's a good good way to describe it yeah so so i'm curious about the the longest ruck that you do during horizon so our longest ruck our longest training ruck is 20 or 26 dependent on the individual and what they hope to achieve we have not found any um any information studies uh Nothing that really suggests that going any further than 26 miles on a training rock or a run or whatever you want to do when you're, when you're doing ultra endurance, that it has any real true benefit besides, well, no, there's no real true benefit. There's not. Um, anything past 26 is all physio- is all not physiological benefit, but it's psychological benefit. I am so um, thrilled to hear that because... <laughs> When Gorak released their Star Course training plan, I think they had a 40 
or 42 mile ruck in the training plan for a 50 mile event. And I almost lost it. That is so much more distance. At that point, why not just do the last eight? Just finish it off. Right, right. There's everything between the 26 and the 50 or 55 or however however much you wind up rucking with a star is all psychological after that and maintaining nutrition and hydration. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at, I mean, back when I was training for mine, there wasn't any training plans out there. I don't even think, I don't know if Gora could even release theirs yet, but I was, like I said, going off of 50 mile training plans and a hundred mile training plans. And no one was training for a hundred mile race by running 90 miles. No, that's no, it's just not done. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was thinking, you know, that's, I kind of modeled my work after that. And I was, I was blown away when I saw that number. So I just have to say, I'm, I'm very happy that the longest is 20 to 26 because (laughs) that is a sane number. It's a lot of miles, but it's a sane number. Yeah. It's a lot of miles. We definitely have some nervous Nellies who are like, I'm going to do 30. Um, But we really, really counsel against that. Um, So much of what you're building is you're building foundational strength. And that happens in shorter distances. So, so much of our belief system, and and especially my advisory committee, their belief system is really that those shorter miles more consistently get better results. And I 100% agree with them. I think it's very in line with what other endurance communities are doing. And, you know, I know rucking is, you know, it's not new as a concept, but there isn't as much research done on it as there are on some other sports like running. And so I think that this just lines up really well with what that kind of research shows. Yeah. I mean, not many civilians have been rucking for the last, you know, I mean, hiking, yes. And hiking and rucking are so similar, but the like research on, you know, a 55 year old man, you know, who's been mostly sedentary, like it ro- starts rucking, there's no, there's no research on that. So we really are, and it's really fascinating time, uh, exercise science wise, to see how the benefits really do translate to a standard population. You know, I find that really, really interesting. I agree. So I kind of want to just circle back and get some, you know, more information on Horizon because it sounds like, you know, we we kind of talked about how it differs from the forward endure advanced, how it's more, it's more structured. It sounds like that might be changing for those Mm -hmm. other ones, but at least as we're talking right now, it's, it's more structured. I'm curious about the length of time. Those programs are three months long. Is this one three months as well? This is still a three-month program. Yeah, this is still a 12-week program. We just have um, first of the month start in order to accommodate the really, really busy schedule that GoRux posted for star courses. You know, it gives more people more opportunity to train um, and, and, frankly, meet their, uh, their, their start date, meet their uh, event date. Uh, at the exact right time uh, for training, you know, so they're not, they're not peaking too early or too late. You know, they're not waiting like they did all the training then they have to wait three weeks before their event. So they're absolutely ready to do their event the day of their event. They couldn't be better prepared. 
I mean, just like what you talked about with the hills and the valleys, like you don't want people to be yep. in a valley when they hit their event date. You want them to be at that hill and the, you know, exactly ready, ready to get out there and get ready it done. to kill it. Mm-hmm. And so that's perfect yeah. running them every yeah. month because then, you know, you can plan for that so much better. Exactly. Exactly. So that we, we did do, we did change that. Obviously Pathfinder doesn't work like that right now for the rest of the classes that, uh, that might change very soon. Um, but for right now, Horizon works best in that environment, you know. But um, there's still some similarities to the rest of our programming. We still have challenges, you know, we still have CAs. So I just, I really, I want to brag on Pathfinder if I could for just a minute. It's really just this, and it, it's the, the CAs in the community because it's what I love most about Pathfinder, regardless of which program Horizon included it is. Because you know, sometimes you hear the social media fakes, makes people feel bad, you know, um, makes people feel like they're not enough, you know, the bickering, um, the things people make look like they're real life but aren't. But that's not what happens in Pathfinder and in Horizon. You know, we don't have, <laughs> we don't have Wednesdays and we never will. Um, and it's fascinating the amount of knowledge. We have the largest collection of knowledge and experience in the in the rucking community. You know, I asked our CAs late last week, just out of curiosity and conversations that I've been having, um, to find out how many other go ruck and like OCR and marathon type events that they'd done. Just because we were kind of curious, like our CAs have been around for a really long time. How many things have they really done? You know how many Pathfinder classes they've been a part of. And we had 63, 63 CAs respond. Um, they had done 24, 33, 70, 70. There was, we had somebody do 80, Matthew Anderson, Warrior Chief. He did 80 Go Ruck events. They've done Spartans, Batans, Marathons. Like they've literally rocked hundreds of thousands of miles between them. And they are easily the most badass group of leaders you could ever dream of, you know? And so what I love about Pathfinder, and again, this translates to Horizon, is that even if you're the only person in your town um, who walks around with a backpack full of cast iron, you know, or if you're kind of old school, you still do the bricks, you don't feel alone, you know? That's such a key part of what I, I think what makes Pathfinder so fantastic is that, you know, you need reinforcement or motivation or encouragement, and there's always somebody there, um, you know, to meet or to talk to or people who have experiences and challenges. And you think, oh, you know, I've got this, this excuse. I've got this thing that happens. And you walk on, you're like, oh, my God, I don't have anything to complain about. Or your reasons for doing this get a little bit bigger and your excuses for not get a little bit smaller. And um, I think that's fascinating. And I'm, we are so incredibly proud of our community and the things that they've done. You know, I mean, we had a lady last week who was going to do a mountain rock with her baby, you know, like that's so cool. That's just so cool. And that's one of the things that I've always been so impressed with with Pathfinder is the CAs and just all the experience that they have and, and kind of bring to it. It's it's really mm -hmm. cool to see. And just the attitude of the communities. It's always so positive. It is. You know, we, it's, you just find more reasons to keep going. And I, 
I just really love that. Everyone wants to be better than they were the day before. You know, I think I think our our CAs, we've had some CAs that have been with since class five, which is 17 classes ago. <laughs> you know, they they and and I don't know how many how many training programs just in general there are where the participants come back over and over and over and over again and want to get back to the community as well. You know, it's really just incredible. But Horizon is really kind of like the master class of star courses for and, and for Pathfinder. You know, like master class with, you know, you get like authors who tell you, you know, how to write better and cooks who tell you how to make, you know, like the right French food. <laughs> this is like the master class of star course, you know? So I find that pretty fantastic. That is fantastic. And I love how you describe that because I'm familiar with master classes as well. And that's a, that's really exciting. Yeah. So was there anything that we might've missed related to the horizon program? I guess the price, we didn't talk about the price yet, but is there anything else that we might've missed in describing it that you want to make sure gets out there? Now, you know, I think we've covered it all. It really is. If you want to, if you want to do the star course and you want to be motivated and, and you're disciplined, you know, there's so much more about motivation than just wanting to do something. The discipline required to do something can often be, I mean, that's the consistency, right? Consistency and discipline are, are pretty similar things. If you want a program that's really going to give you everything you need to complete the star course, then, you know, that would, that would be Horizon. I, I don't. I think we've we've covered everything. So for right now, Horizon's ninety nine dollars, twelve week cycle. We do have a discount code, so it's fifty for fifty, and um, that will get you fifty percent off of Pathfinder Horizon. We would love to see everyone utilize that. That is a huge discount. Yeah, it's a huge discount. It really is. But we're really excited to see the community grow, and um, we're really excited to see where it takes everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the All Day Rock Off podcast. This has been episode number 142. Truly appreciate your support, and I hope you enjoyed this. As Amy mentioned towards the end of the episode, there is a discount code for 50% off the Pathfinder Horizon training program. That is 5450-50-FOR-50, 5450. I verify that this works, so it should work for you if you're listening to this close to release day. The Star Course is a really, really fun event. It's challenging in a different way than some of the other rocking events or go rock events are. And if it's been on your list, I highly recommend looking into trying one. I completed the 50 mile event a couple years ago. We'll definitely come back and do another one because it was a ton of fun. I think anyone that's done one before will say it's a cool experience. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to support the All Day Rock Off podcast, you can always leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook. Just search for All Day Rock Off. It should pop right up. You can also support through the online store, alldayrockoff.com slash store. There's a lot of rucking related gear there. And then finally, through Patreon, patreon.com slash alldayrockoff. The link in the show notes to that as well. A couple extra bonuses and it's just another way to support. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Really hope you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. As always, don't forget, 
Attitude is everything. Keep yours positive.